guest. Hello, fellers. Hello, man. <laughs> Long time no chat. Yeah. I, I talk to both of you every day, but not all not all three of us talk every we day. We don't record those conversations. We can't. It's yeah. explicit. No it one is, yeah. could, No one could actually know. We could put it on our OnlyFans, though. We should. <laughs> Anything goes on on the only OnlyFans. When's that launch again? No, it's launched. I don't know. You're not supposed oh. to tell people we have oh. it. Oh, yeah. Bad. They're supposed to just we, uh, find it. We all wear masks and just rub <laughs> peanut butter on each other. That's the whole premise of the of the Sponsored account. Sponsored so Skippy. Yeah, if you're into, if you've got a Skippy fetish, we're your guys. I do love peanut butter though. Do you guys like creamy or crunchy peanut butter better? You already know uh, I like. I rub it on your on you. <laughs> That's what he likes. What do you like? I like crunchy. Same. Mm, you like that ab- abrasion. I like it rough. I like to cut my I tongue. Like, <laughs> I like my peanut butter rough. <laughs> I I don't think I have a preference. Honestly, I no I usually buy I usually buy creamy, but the last few times I've bought peanut butter, I've accidentally bought crunchy. Mm. Just like the they basically look the same to me and I don't think twice about it when I'm just <laughs> trying to get through the store as fast as I can. Yeah. See our episode last week about slow walkers and how it Jeez. gives me an aneurysm. Drives me nuts. Uh so I just threw in this like crunchy peanut butter and I, you know, I wasn't that upset when I realized it was crunchy, you know, it's, it's basically the same. It's just a different texture. So yeah. yeah. Sometimes you end up liking something that you accidentally purchase. Then you, that's the thing you purchase from now on. It's like, mm. yeah, good point. I, I do that with food a lot. I feel like I don't really, mm. I'm like quickly going through the grocery store and I throw a bunch of stuff in my cart and I accidentally throw like, you know, Something I'd never buy. Unless it's a vegetable, I usually don't. But anything besides a vegetable. Can we agree that there's a definite difference in the way that like a natural creamy peanut butter taste to like a, just like a Jif creamy, like the normal? Well, it just depends how hard you want to work. You know, like if it's too runny and you got to constantly mix it <laughs> Stir, just yeah, to yeah. make a sandwich or a piece of toast. <laughs> like in the morning, I don't want to have to like exercise while I'm making breakfast. I want to do that later. Some of that natural peanut butter is like paste. It's like yeah, rubber it's cemented. The, uh, the Jif natural, which, you know, I can't, I don't know. I don't know how it's different to be honest with you, but it's pretty good. Like it's the same consistency as. Yeah. The regular, fully, un, I guess, unnatural peanut butter. Agreed. I don't know yeah, that, that's what I get. That's, that's what, what we, we always get, get in my house. Yep. It says natural on it, so it has to be good for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, they didn't grow the peanuts in test tubes. They actually <laughs> used a peanut a peanut tree. What do how do peanut where do peanuts come from? I think they just like grow on the ground randomly and you just like <laughs> harvest them, pick them up, put them in baskets. There's trees. Like deer droppings. <laughs> It's trees, but it, you never really think about a peanut tree. You know, like if I stumbled across one of those, I'd be spending a, a good hour there just plucking peanuts off of the tree. Yeah. I guess I forget they come in shells too. Like yeah. The, uh, looks like a, just like a bush kind of. That's a weird. That's bean, like, a, like a bean, did like you, a bean plant. Did you Google this? Is it a vegetable? Like, what is it considered? It's a nut, but like. It's a it's nut. A, a legume. It's a natural. No. Th- no, it isn't. It's a nut. You're right. <laughs> That's a bean. <laughs> but this is a thing. Like dads eating peanuts out of the shell is a thing. That is a dad thing. Yeah, just yeah. like cracking them out of the double. You like get the salt dude. off the shell. My dad, uh, growing up, always ate sunflower seeds. Like oh, he yeah. had a he had a bucket of sunflower seeds by his chair and he had a spit like a bucket to spit the shells into and i just remember like i don't know just growing up he always was eating sunflower seeds when yeah. he was watching tv and stuff he doesn't That's, anymore but he could do worse a lot of guys would yeah. do tobacco yeah i mean it's like it was as if he had it was as if he was chewing tobacco but it was just sunflower <laughs> seeds that he was constantly eating you know, and speaking of peanuts, do you guys, have you guys ever been to a gym that has um, just like a random punching bag set up? Yeah. I feel like every gym I've been to in the last like three or four years has 
it's not a boxing gym, mind you. It's just like a regular gym, but they have a punching bag, like a heavy bag set up. Mm-hmm. And through my time, everyone everyone who's trying to connect the dots between peanuts and this, that was just a bad transition. This has nothing to do with peanuts. <laughs> this is a completely different topic. Every time I, I, I sit in a gym that has a heavy bag set up, it's like there's this law of nature that every... It's like a, a moth to a flame is to douchebags to a heavy bag when they mm. walk into the gym. Mm. It's like this law of nature that they feel like they have to go in and every day remind everybody that they are not to be trifled with <laughs> and pretend to be like a professional MMA boxer fighter on this like random punching bag that is there for moms to do kickboxing warm-ups <laughs> They always wear camo shirts. Or jean shorts. <laughs> Today, I saw a guy, no no lie, wearing like, you know, below knee length basketball shorts, combat boots, uh, sleeveless, you know, like cut off t-shirt. And like he had his own boxing gloves that he brought to Lifetime Fitness for the sole reason to go hit the heavy bag that is in the warm up area of the gym, you know? Mm. And it got me thinking, we mentioned fragile masculinity last week, just at the very end of the episode. And I felt like I could have just gone on and on about this thing, <laughs> about this concept of, of men, well, guys, boys, feeling like everywhere they go, having to prove themselves as men or whatever. And I feel like this is just a new vehicle or a different vehicle for fragile masculinity. Um, I thought it would be I, I thought it would be fun for us to talk about like different examples of ridiculous things that guys do to try to like enforce their manhood when in reality no one, no one cares. Yeah, there's like a cultural standard I feel like for a man and I feel like a lot of times if you feel like you fall short of that then you definitely fall into that category where it's like what defines a man? You know, like what did you grow up around or what's on TV or like, you know, I think about men like in the era of James Dean mm. or like Steve McQueen and like, you know, guys like that who like they have a cigarette rolled up, a pack of cigarettes rolled up in their white t-shirt with jeans and like black polished boots and their hair is like combed to the side with a part right. slicked back with oil. It's like clean shaven. Like, dude, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but like today in 2021, I don't see a lot of that, right? you know? So what does that mean now? Well, that's kind of Hollywood's version of a man, which is what I've always thought is cool. You know, we grew up with guys that if you're a man, you go fishing as often as possible and you you hunt as often as possible. And um, it's, yeah, I think... It's kind of weird because you grow up being told that being capable is manliness. But then as I've gotten older, I thought like Marlon Brando and James Dean, like that was manly to me. Like the cool, like I don't, I don't give a damn. Kind of, kind of became manly to me. Whereas mm-hmm. before, it might have been like, like I'm, I'm capable of doing everything I need to do to sustain my life. Was manly, yeah. but then it became like, I don't really care about anything you do. Becomes manly. Right. <laughs> Growing up where, where we grew up, to, um, you know, there's definitely like. It's not about appearances at all. It's, yeah, you know, there's some pretty small guys from the Midwest that could probably take you down pretty mm-hmm. easily just because they have like that grit, you know, or like mm-hmm. they they get up again, you know. And I, I, I wish that was me. Like I didn't grow up. We didn't grow up in our family. Um, you know, hunting a whole lot or fishing. And we did, we did quite a bit of fishing and we would hunt like 
pheasants and stuff when it was seasoned. Right. But but it wasn't like a we were just constantly wanting to do that. Our, our dad built a lot and worked on vehicles a lot, so we we did a lot of that. And I, you know, I grew up with my mind thinking like, oh, a man is somebody who can like fix his own car or, you know, right. like, like build a cabinet for his wife or something, you know? And, and mm-hmm. like you, I I feel like we've talked about this several times, Jake is like the um, times have changed and it's almost not about what you can do personally but almost what you can provide. Right. And I would and I would say that kind of transcends like gender. It's not about like the guy being able to bring money home, but I I know what this right. episode is about and I know we're going to we need to talk about we need to address that we as men feel like we are responsible for bringing yeah. home the income. You know, <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing that we think about regularly. But yeah. I mean, you and I just had a conversation about this, like the gender norm of the man supposed supposedly needing to be, you know, the the breadwinner and the provider and like the guy that pulls out his credit card when you guys are out to eat and this yep. whole thing. But <laughs> like I think I think what I'm trying to get at is like the definition of man is so different like based on generation and based on circumstance and like I think these I have a huge problem with these guys that are trying to embody like the cartoon character version of a man in like the real life you know like the Popeye the sailor man kind of (laughs) like the alpha male kind of thing but what you said about like guys just not giving a damn I think I think the thing about that that seems manly is the confidence that comes along with it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think about like, one thing that we have mentioned before is like, I don't particularly drink or really even enjoy beer anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm out to, when I'm out with my friends and we're eating dinner or whatever, for one, if you order a salad, they make fun of you no matter what. (laughs) And also like I, every time I order a cocktail, they're like, oh, of course Jake's going to get one of his like frou-frou girly drinks or whatever. I'm like, what? dude, this is like, an old-fashioned is not a girly yeah, drink. No, it's like not straight bourbon. I'm not getting like, <laughs> you know, a blended uh, Long Island iced tea or something. It's like, it's still like a manly drink, but yeah, it's like this insecurity that I think they have because they think that them ordering the beer is like, you know, this... Uh, wrist breaker beer glass is the manly thing to do or whatever. And mm-hmm. as soon as a guy does something that's different than that and is confident in that, they feel like threatened or something, Yes, which yeah. I don't, I don't understand this competitiveness. Why can't we all just like exist as you can drink your beer and it's a manly thing to do, but also like who cares? Even if I wanted like a, uh, like a chocolate martini, why is that? Yeah. Why is that not manly? Well, see, that's, that's I'm just that, I'm just having whatever I want. That's how you would view it when you went out to drink with people. Like if you were with a buddy that ordered an IPA or whatever, you you might think if you didn't know him and know that he actually liked IPAs, you know, you might be like, okay, is this guy trying to just be like, you know, yeah. that guy that goes up to the bar and is like, what do you have on tap? Right. IP, a local. I want a local IPA. You know, you know that guy. Right. But I have a you, friend that does that every time. Right. Yeah. And so, but, but then if you know him, do you know that he actually likes those IPAs? Like that's. Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Yeah. So I can't really make fun of him, but he also <laughs> yeah. is the one that, that tells me I'm Gives drinking you my frou-frou drinks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I think that's the thing too about, you know, if we're talking about masculinity and confidence, I feel like a big part of it is letting people do what they want to do. You know? Yeah. If you're going to order an old fashioned or something into him that he, he sees 
you're not ordering like a straight whiskey or something, which he probably wouldn't do either. Right. But he sees like the, you know, the, the cherry and the orange peel. Yep. And, and something about that to him seems like, but that's, that is not a, that's not like, that's a hard drink, you know, and that. It can be. Yeah. Especially if it's not a good one. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's, I wonder about that sometimes like the, you know, we've been, out, we've been out with a lot of people just in our time playing music and being on the road, like, um, where people order drinks and I, I cannot say that I have ever cared at all. Like if, if you want it, like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's fine. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I think I'm, I'm probably way more shallow and I tend to judge masculinity on physical stature or like, mm, yeah, this is probably not right either, but you know, we, you know, we have a friend who he, he is like a, a entrepreneur and a, um, mm-hmm. you know, very intelligent in like, you know, in my mind, sometimes I will see him as not like the toughest guy, but right. is is tough masculine nowadays? Right. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it could be just chalked up to masculinity because I know some really tough women, and I wouldn't right. say that they're masculine because they're right. women. You know, there's. I don't think like strength as a human is a masculine trait. I think that's kind of a kind of the problem of society too. And like, um, I don't know. I think that historically it has been considered a masculine thing, but it it shouldn't be. No. And I I agree. I think, I think that's why like these guys will (laughs) go into, like we talked about last week where guys are just like, when you guys are playing a show, they pick you out on stage as this guy that's like here to steal all their women apparently. And they feel like they have to mark their territory mm-hmm. and the, the tough guy, masculine quote unquote thing to do would be to kind of like puff his chest out and size you up and, and whatever. But I think, I think like being the tough guy makes you a boy. Like if you yeah. feel like, if you feel like you're always like defending something and can't just like relax and like, know that things are going to be okay. Like that's a, I don't know. It's just a bad look. Yeah. I don't know if that's a masculine or an immasculine thing, but I think it's a thing <laughs> that guys, guys that are trying to seem masculine do. Yeah. I think so too. And, and, um, you know, I, I think about back when I was in college and how, um, I was surrounded by, a couple of my roommates, I had, I had three roommates that were pretty athletic and came from like, um, Eastern Nebraska schools where obviously is like a higher class of school right. than where I, I came from like a class D, um, Western Nebraska school. But these guys were like really good athletes and they weren't the top athletes in their school, you know? Like, right. I was a really good runner, but I wasn't the best runner on the east side of the state, you know? Right, yeah. Um, but but I spent a lot of time with these guys and talking about fitness and just health. And, um, you know, one of the things we would talk about is is, is kind of what you just mentioned, like the guy that tries to seem masculine by talking a lot like he knows what he's talking about and and Mm. so i i remember going to the gym and at unl which was you know a huge gym and um you know i would have guys come talk to me that were massive and just be like hey man you know like i think you could really improve your form with this and i like i never had i never had a problem with it but I right. also would have my buddies that I roomed with at the gym with me and they'd come over and be like, don't listen to that guy. Like he doesn't know what he was talking <laughs> about. And I'm like, I, yeah. 
I don't know that he doesn't know what he was talking about. I, I think that you maybe feel threatened by threatened him. Threatened by bit. him. <laughs> like yeah. there was there was this guy at the gym. I remember we always called triceps. And it was just like, the he just had like these gigantic triceps. And one of the guys that I roomed with went over to him one time and was like, hey man, like what what's like the routine, you know? Like how do you get your triceps so big? And he was like, I, I don't even do triceps. <laughs> so it's just like one of those yeah. things. Like I, I always, I guess I just always think that I, 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 as a man, am not trying to understand every guy's philosophy and his way of being who he is. And so right. when you have a guy that comes up to you, that's trying to like instill his knowledge on you, Right. There's a thing there, right? Like as men, where we're just kind of like, um, I don't know if I want to listen to you, you know? Right. You, it's you like, got, uh, it's, there's always like this, um, this curiosity of why they're going out of their way to like yeah. let you know that they know what's going on. Yeah. Like why you know, me? Like why <laughs> are we, is this a pot? Like, are we facing off here? Do you want me to like <laughs> argue with you about this? Are we going to text it, each other every time we go to the it, gym now? <laughs> it always seems like, you know, when you put one hand on top of the other yeah. and everyone's trying to race to the top of the tower, but you're just trying to one up each other all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like guys have this, guys have this tendency to just always want to know that they are a hundred percent right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guys are convinced that there is one one objective way to behave as a man, and they're gonna, you know, f- like force that on you. And yeah. if you don't comply, then it's either a threatening or b your, you know, I don't, I don't want to use vulgar words, but you're like less than a man, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I don't yeah, get so it. Like it, it pisses. No. We're just talking in circles, but it pisses me off because, like, I just wish that dudes would just knock this shit off because yeah. it's not helping anybody to like always be. Mm-hmm. And I've I can't say that I haven't done it right where you're in a group of guys and they like one person starts talking about this one cool thing that they're doing and then you're like, well, I'm doing something cool too, and you all just like. You know the the word uh, the phrase "dick measuring contest" is usually the <laughs> what what I would say for this. But yep, yep, it's it's like this unintentional like thing that's ingrained in us that we feel like we have to like prove to everyone that we're we're like worthy. Yeah, I don't. You know, I think a big thing for us, you know, growing up, and I mean, I I try not to take a ton of notes when we do these podcasts because I want to just talk as friends but you mm-hmm. know like the the first point that i have on my notes is growing up and i know i touched on it a little bit earlier but mm-hmm. um you know i think for i think for nick and i um a big thing that we've had with our peers i guess you know i think about most of my friends that i went to high school with are family farming you know like right and i and i and i just uh fundamentally from the way i grew up i see that as like a masculine thing you know yeah and and going to play music was kind of a big deal in our community for nick and i to say you know um no we're we're not gonna be mechanics like our dad was and and then you know, work in the farming industry. Um, right. It was a big deal. And so, you know, if, if I can be, you know, on a soapbox a little bit, like that was difficult for me in mm. my transition from high school to where I am now. I, I definitely, before we were um, making a living doing music, I was... I was really beating the crap out of myself because I was try I was comparing myself to my friends that that just did the smart thing probably and like took right. a job at their family farm or 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 took a job near our hometown and um doing music was like 
not, it was like, I, I, you know, I go back and think about like show choir and stuff that I did in high school. Like, right. Um, I kind of the whole time myself, even though I was in it and I cared about it, thought of it as like a little bit, uh, not masculine. Right. You know, and, and, um, you know, if I can well, go back, <laughs> try, try being Maybe. on the football, try being on the football team and in marching band at the okay. same time. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I did. All of your guy, all of the, your teammates are like, Oh yeah, well, dude. I would walk through the halls cause we had marching band practice in the morning, <laughs> you know, before school. So I'd walk through the halls with my, uh, big ass bass drum or my snare, you know, whatever <laughs> drum I was playing that year. And everybody would just be like making fun of me. And then, you know, we'd go to football practice. <laughs> and then you'd school, light them up. <laughs> I tried. I didn't always get the best of them, but yeah. I was not, I was not ever like the biggest guy in the room in high school. So. Right. Yeah. Well, you, high school in Kearney would have been different, you know, at central, what class were you guys? We were class A, but we were okay. a small class A school comparatively, yeah. like compared to all the Lincoln and Omaha schools. But yeah, I mean, it, it was an odd mix, you know, um, there's a lot of ag kids and a lot of people whose parents, you know, have the super blue collar, you know, I mean, my dad was in construction his entire life and right. like me growing up, you know, always we went fishing a lot, but you know, we were always working on projects. I was w always watching my dad, like refinish basements and like building decks and all this stuff and working with his hands constantly and just like busting. butt. like he, he would come home just beat dead, exhausted physically yeah. and mentally from his day at work. Mm. And the contrast there is I sit at a desk all day and like, the closest thing I have to like the sinew of his hands is because I go to the gym and have barbell mm. calluses, you know? Mm. So there's this, this, and that's not to say that I don't mean to sound like my dad expected me to follow in his footsteps. Like he, he very much supported my decision to not have to like sacrifice my body for the rest of my yeah. life. Like he had done, <laughs> you know, but there's this weird thing inside of me where, and I think our generation is probably, this happens a lot because our parents' generation were all that way of just like grinders, like working with their hands, they were tradesmen, you know, there was not a lot of, um, there was not, not a lot of opportunities for people of that generation to go like design consumer electronics products, mm -hmm. which is, you know, what my day job is. I sit at a mm -hmm. computer and stare at a screen and play around with CAD basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So f for me to, watch my parent or my dad uh, specifically do all that stuff. And for me to like sit at my computer all day and try to like <clears throat> call myself, say I'm the same kind of man as he is. It's like a very, yeah. I kind of do the same thing that you said you, you know, when you beat yourself up, you know, I have friends that went into construction and that are, you know, farmers or, you know, doing all these manual labor jobs and, Sometimes they give me a hard time for having like a soft life, which I, you know, I can't really say they're wrong in certain ways, but you know, there are things, everybody has things that they're going through and that they deal with, but, um, I don't know. Kind of makes me think of that episode in the office, you know, like where, uh, they have the safety day and Michael Scott's upstairs and has everybody like upstairs in the office and then they go down to the warehouse downstairs and they're given the instructions on like all the safety stuff and downstairs, like Daryl's talking about how dangerous the barrel or the baler or the, yeah, the baler. What's the thing that they, yeah, yeah. The baler and like the forklift yeah. and all that. And, and, uh, Michael's kind of like getting a little bit butthurt about it, <laughs> thinking like he, that he feels less manly right. about it. He's like, Oh yeah, look, come up to the office. So they go up and they start reading. Toby starts reading out of this manual, what the dangers are. And he talks about Back like pain, carpal tunnel <laughs> and like, they should probably wear a, you know, like have a light sweater with them at all times in case it gets a little <laughs> chilly in the office. And it's like the difference between that. And it's like, yeah, that's real life. But though, that's right? what you we know? grew up. It's, we always compare. We that. grew up watching our dads do those manual labor jobs. And so we 
associate the fact that our dads were super busy and super tired and worked their butts off with the fact that they were pushing their bodies to the limits every day, you know? And mm-hmm. we go, you know, with with kind of the more current uh, professions and, st- you know, being in front of a computer pretty frequently and stuff. And that's intellectually challenging and your mental fatigue is probably way higher, you know? Um, you know, I can say from doing that job that I had been doing since June, that was manual labor. I, my body was really tired, but I also felt more, I felt like I had more mental energy at the end of the day than I do Mm. normally with my job, you know, writing music and playing music. Um, but then it's like, that was a cool comparison you made Jake like you know the calluses you have on your hands from pushing your body to the limit at the gym is kind of like the only thing that you felt like you kind of could compare to what your dad had done at right. work you know like and and I get that and I and I I think that we growing up watching these guys do this we personally I personally in comparing myself to, um, you know, I don't want to make this like a dad episode about yeah. like <laughs> getting, getting daddy issues. You say great grandpa, you know, <laughs> daddy issues. Yeah. Like getting my dad's approval. But like mm-hmm. when we started doing music and stuff, that was a big thing. Like I kind of felt like, well, I want him to see that I am working so hard for this. And, you know, and I think, I think when he did do, when we were playing smaller shows in the past, you know, several years in the past, like when he would come meet us and he just couldn't help. But like my dad's the kind of guy that if um, someone's coming to work on like the gas line or something, my dad's out there like yeah, with them, <laughs> with the shovel, like taking turns, you know. Yep. But like when we'd play shows, dad would come and help us load out and... um. You know, I think for him, kind of seeing like, oh my gosh, like this is a lot of work. You know, this is a lot of heavy lifting, but also these guys have to drive hours and then, mm-hmm. and, and they also have to play the show, you know, and it's not. And then there's the business yeah, component too. And then you know? there's the, the whole, the whole time that we spend in front of a computer that is not even, you know, mm-hmm. it, and so I think he saw that in like really you know, I think it started to make a lot of sense for him, but I can't blame him at all in the beginning, you know, when it seemed like we were just sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, because that's right. what you think as that generation watching people play music, you know, you you don't realize how hard um, they're working. Well, nobody, no parent wants to like watch their kids sit in the corner of a dive bar no, for four hours yeah. playing cover songs while people are just hammered yeah. out of their brain. And, and we and used to do attention. that. So, so they they would come to those and shows and be like, I don't want this for these guys, you know? And mm. and I and I get it, you know, as I'm I'm a dad now. So I I think about like River someday, what is the measure of a man for me when it comes to him? You know, I mm. is is he gonna Doing what he wants, uh, you know, in my mind, you know, every parent says like, I want you to be able to do your dream. But for right. me as a dad, like, it's not enough for me to just say, do whatever you want. Right. Like, and and maybe that's not right. But a part of me is also like, try to take care of your family and try to like challenge yourself and try to do mm-hmm. something that makes you feel like, you know, come alive at work you know i i don't necessarily subscribe to the um my job i don't need a vacation because i love my job like i don't think that's true because i play music for a living and i drink a lot of beer and i drink and i eat a lot of great meals and i Mm -hmm. every day is a friday but i can tell you i want a break right you know like when we are on tour for a month i need some time off Right. So I, I don't want I don't want to you know show my son you know that 
doing what I want every day, quote unquote, is is being a man. You know, like I'm living yeah. the dream is not being a man. Right. Well, and I think that could be taken a lot of different ways. Like if you say, just do whatever you want and that thing is not productive, you yeah. know, that's a problem. Right. But yeah, I think, definitely. I think the measures of a man, I mean, prior to our generation, it was, um, it was a lot more tangible, I think. And it was, you know, like we said, the tradesmen and people that could point at a building and say, I built that building. That's like, Oh, that's man, man's work, you know, but um, <laughs> I feel like any more like, yeah, you could still go do those things. And th- that doesn't make you, I don't, I don't necessarily think that makes you any more or less of a man because I think like true manhood is like you said, it's like this confidence and um, it's like matters of the mind, you know, yeah. where like, I feel like if you're, if you're like emotionally that. well, like that's a, I think there's going to be this new shift in focus in the next, you know, however many decades that we are fathers and grandfathers of yeah. taking care of your emotions where prior to, you know, probably even recently in time, like men were seen as these, un, like the only emotion they could feel is like joy and anger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like, there's, there's so much more to it than that. And like how to navigate relationships and like take care of people. Um, I think these are yeah. all things like, these are yeah. all the things that we're going to be probably because we're not like um, manual laborers. These are the things that we're going to be talking to our sons about a lot because these are the things that we think about a lot. You know, I, I sit at a computer all day and I spend a lot of time, especially now, I spent a lot of time just with myself and like right. working through what makes me who I am and like my trigger points. And it's like not okay for me to just like um, succumb to my frustrations and go off on my girlfriend about th- something, you know, if she's smacking her food like she likes to do. It's like, <laughs> it's not okay for me to just like freak out on her about that because I had right. a bad day. And I think you know, those are the, the things that we have to, that we're going to ha- be having to teach the next generation of men is like this emotional intelligence component. And I'm not saying that any of our fathers did things like that, but you know, you look back to um, like way back in the day, like the fifties where like slapping your wife was a common thing that men, men just did. Like right. things have changed so much, even, even just since then. And that wasn't even you know, in the grand scheme of things all that long ago. Yeah. I I think right. about, you know, like the guy that works a, um, you know, not, ser- not necessarily a blue collar job, but works really hard all day, but he comes home and drinks all night and right. isn't, isn't there for his family. You know, in my mind, you know, I grew up seeing, I measure the time he spent at work as masculine, mm-hmm. you know, but, but now I, I'm, I, I realize that a man being there for his family um, and being present at home is like, it's way more valuable mm. that, you know, you can make money. And right fill up the bank account but if you're like just a ghost you know right. for your family then what's the point you know I, like someone who it's not even just men but women like someone who can take care of someone else I feel like right. it's how, however you define that not even just with um, financially but just taking care of other people, I think, I think is mm-hmm. kind of how I, as how I view it now. And I, I know the whole world doesn't see it that way, but I think that's kind of one of the things that has put me on this, this, you know, my wife is not a feminist by any mm-hmm. means, but she completely respects. And though sometimes has to call me out on what I do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to take care of her and our family, but she is also 
taking care of our family. Like, right. Anytime you try to think about removing one of us from the equation, you know, in reality, if you removed me, they would probably still be okay. <laughs> but if you removed her, it yeah. would be a problem. Right. You know, so what does that say about like, okay, putting money into the bank account is great. Mm -hmm. But what are you doing to be, you know, almost for me, you know, like the nurturing side of a man is is so important. Right. You know. It makes them like a, like a structure of the family. Right. Yeah. Money right. is kind of just a thing. It. It feel it feels a lot, you know, like you can't survive yeah. without money. And it's really important. Right. Especially to if you're wanting to provide like a life for your kids where they don't have to worry about things, you know. Yeah. Yep. But There's like a pressure you said, there too. Yeah. But like you said, if you're just a ghost of a man, then you know, they might not even appreciate or know where all that came from. If, if you're right. not there to spend the time with them. And, you know, I'm really, really fortunate that me growing up, I was able to have both, you know, like right. both my parents worked and yep. my mom worked, worked from home. So she was, you know, always at home with us. And my dad, you know, traveled for work and worked in and out of town. But when it like, he always prioritized family time, you know, when we were really young, we took vacations together as a family and, yeah. you know, like would never miss a you know, little league game or like whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, thing we were involved with and was always wanting to spend time with the family, you know? And I think mm -hmm. I learned a lot, like I had no desire to grow up and be a manual laborer, you know? And right. my dad didn't have those expectations for me either. But I learned a lot about just being a man in a relationship and in a family just from observing my parents. And I learned a lot about love languages too, uh, to be yeah. honest. Like, the way that my dad um, like shows the, the way that my dad shows love is through acts of service. So like, you yeah. know, he's always making food for people, you know, like he yeah. would, I would wake up to a full breakfast made and like, <laughs> you know, he goes out of his way to just kind of like do things for people. And yeah. I never really understood that until like I got older really. And I looked back and saw like, this is, these are all the ways that he was, showing us that he like cared was because he was had the thought to like go through God his way to do something. He would always, it sounds so silly, but like if he was making pancakes and one got super burnt, that's the one he ate because he wanted yeah. to give the good ones to everyone else, you know? Oh man, that's what I do. Am I a man? <laughs> yeah, dude. But I mean, those <laughs> are the little, those are the little things. And those are things that I've picked up that I do, like I, yep. I do too. Like, if something exactly. comes out not so great, I'll give the wow. good one to my girlfriend, you know, or like. I don't, I don't even think about it now, you know, like you're making breakfast and you like char a sausage. You're like, okay, that one's mine. Yep. You know, like. <laughs> I think he, that, he would always know, go, I just like him a little burnt, you know, because yeah, he didn't yeah, want yeah. you know, didn't want to make a deal out of it. But yeah, my, my, our parents were always there too. Like that's, you know, and that that's the biggest thing I remember, you know, it's not about like, um, you know, when we went fishing or when we were working on cars or whatever, like, uh, it was about like the presence of my parents and like at every time they could, they were like at every cross country race or mm -hmm. every football game for Nick. And it was like really important to them. And not only they felt like they had to, like they wanted to be there. And right. And, you know, my dad, I remember like, you know, my mom was a preschool teacher for, you know, 15 years and, and she, she took good care of us at home. Um, but mm -hmm. like, and she was great. And I remember my dad coming home from, you know, nine, 10 hours at work and like going out in the garage and like building castles out of wood <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, just like always, I never felt like he wasn't there. You know, mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, I think the, about that, like as a person that works that hard and like puts all of their investment into their career, um, like the fact that he, that both of them were still able to, like you said, Jake, it's like you felt, you felt the love. And I think that 
you know, I never want, I would never go back and be like, oh yeah, my dad was like a cigar smoking, whiskey drinking son of a gun. Cause he wasn't, yeah. <laughs> you right. know, like Riff, my son isn't going to give a crap that I like cigars and drink whiskey, you know, like right. it might be things that remind him, remind him of me, but he's going to remember like when I was there, yeah. you know, and isn't that like, you know, we, we put on all this stuff, like, you know, we talked about early on, like going to the gym and trying to like kind of mansplain, whatever that means <laughs> to like to other guys, like what's, what's right. best for you. And, you know, you, you, can you work on your own car or do you have to take it to the mechanic? And like, but really, if you just get it done, like, isn't that the most masculine thing you can do? Like, right. it, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to drive around with my check engine light on. Right. Whether, whether I fix it or I pay to have it fixed. Like mm-hmm. that's what a man does. <laughs> Just get it done. You right. Know? That's how I see it now. Yeah. I yeah. Know. I think there's a certain element of like what you do versus outsourcing it to somebody else that our culture has definitely made. Yeah. into a thing about being a man like right if you're not the one to roll your sleeves up and look greasy and dirty after like a long day of work then like are you a man oh well my dress shoes are polished and i have to wear a suit all day and sit in the <laughs> cubicle so yeah does that mean i'm less of a man right i don't think so <laughs> no like, but our culture at times i feel like definitely puts that on us for some reason it's like a Maybe it's because of the 50s, like James Dean. Yeah. You know, Steve McQueen era. I don't know. But I don't know if James Dean worked on his own car. I think I think he probably looked like he worked on his own car, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so you're sure saying that that's all we, we need to do is we just need to make sure that we look. <laughs> I now we're getting into the realm of like I being don't a care. poser. Well, yeah, but that's, if, the whole, that's the whole other rabbit hole is like people taking pictures of themselves doing supposedly masculine, like a masculine yeah. things, you know. Right. Putting it yep. on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't care if you fixed it yourself, but if I get in your car and you're like, oh yeah, the check engine light's been on for like six months and stuff, I'm like, mm. you're not doing anything. Right. It. Like I don't I don't need to see a picture of you under the car with wrenches, but And like, I don't even need to know that you're the one that did it. You know, I can't stand when guys are like, oh, yeah, you know, I just spent all Saturday, like, replacing my transmission and, like, you know, bro, like, good job. Who cares? You want a star? I don't care. I know. But they tell you that because they want you to know that they're a man, right? Yeah. Right. And it, yeah, like, like why I, else it happens to me all it? the time. I owe, like, I don't work on my own car. And could I? Yeah. Yes. Do I yes. have the qualifications t- and like know how things work and know exactly what would need to be done? Yeah, I could do it. Do I? No. And do I get, you- dude, I get so much crap for this <laughs> at work. Like this, it's like a, a mix between men wanting to show that they're men and work on their cars or whatever, but also like the engineer aspect of like saving as much oh. money as possible and not, you know, every, every mechanic is out to get you and prices are inflated and all this bullshit but like (laughs) i value my time over everything and if i can take that four hours that i'm going to spend being pissed off and frustrated and like trying to find the right tool and you know laying on my back in the garage and trade that for like quality time either just Mm. with myself or with someone else doing something i enjoy and being relaxed and cool you know, yeah. that's like a better situation, not only for me, but everybody that's around me for the rest of the day, you know? Well, most of the time you have it done when you're working anyway, right? You know? I yeah. Mean, I, can't, I can't think of a time I ever had work done on my truck when I was like chilling. Right. You know, it was always like, I'll drop it up uh, Tuesday morning and then I'm going to go to work and then I'll pick it up. Work, you know, it's not over lunch or something. It's exactly what you said, like valuing your time. Like, also, those that's that guy's job, right? Or that girl's job to work on your vehicle. So it's like, I'm gonna let them do it. Mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah, there were times that I, if I knew that the repair was simple enough for a monkey to do it, 
then on a Saturday, I would say I got nothing going on, and that actually kind of sounds like fun. I'll yeah. do it myself. You right. Know? But but again, it comes down to like your time, and if you want, if you need that Saturday to like spend quality time, even just taking care of yourself, you know, right. like let's, that's the mainest thing you can do. <laughs> and I don't mean yeah, it like I don't mean to yourself. I don't mean to second or like undercut if you genuinely enjoy doing that or that's some sort of yeah. outlet for like some people just enjoy the work and I get that right. you know and yep. like you said sometimes yep. it does sound fun but I'm not above just being like no nah, I don't want to do it I'll I'll pay some guy to do it you know I've got a I've got a friend yeah. from work who has spent every weekend of the last like 2 months trying to fix his brakes because he was so dead set on like thinking he was going to save money by doing it himself, but instead he's done it four times and still has had to take it to someone to fix now because, Dude, you know, I don't, I don't that's an extreme on, case, but it's a nightmare, you know? I don't work on my own teeth, you know? Like, it, it would <laughs> right. be, it'd be really cool if I was able to, like, drill stuff out of there and do it myself, you know, in the bathroom, but that's someone's job, and, and they're going to save me a lot of time by being able to do it themselves, you know. Maybe a trip to the ER at that rate. Exactly. <laughs> well, so, uh, my dad has some stories of times where he tried to be his own doctor. Uh-oh. Gave himself stitches. Yikes. Stitches once, I think, and still had to go to the <laughs> emergency room because it got infected. <laughs> and I think he's, you know, he's pulled out teeth and stuff by himself. But uh, oh. I remember he's an man. animal. I remember this one time um, in high school I was roofing. And uh, we were working on this roof, and I didn't want to climb down the ladder for some reason because I was a stupid kid. And I jumped into the back of the like the big truck where we throw all the shingles and stuff. And right when I jumped down, I f I, I felt it, and this nail just went oh, God. up through my boot into my foot, and. It was super rusty. It was uh, just like bad deal. Yeah. So I like pull it out and I get up. I got out of the truck and I was limping and my boss just pulled up and he's like, what's going on? And I was like, Not, nothing. I'm good. Like I just didn't want to. Yeah. I was afraid that he was going to fire me and then someone else was going to take the job. It was right at the beginning of the summer and he was just like, that's the thing as guys, we always think like, well, if I just shoulder it or if I just act like nothing's wrong, you know, like I'll be a man, like pain, taking care of yourself goes along with your car thing. Like, right. Take care of it. Like that's what makes you. Well, and guys don't want to like, <laughs> I've had, I've had cases like that too, where I did something stupid and hurt myself and I like tried to cover it up and. Because I didn't want to yeah. admit that I did the stupid thing, you know? It's all about pride right. and saving yeah. face, you know? Like, I still, to this day, have, like, it's probably a, a healthy fear, but just, like, this anxiety about using knives. Because yeah. when I was growing up, I had, like, my dad gave me a jackknife, and, like, I was always whittling wood and stuff, and he was always telling me, you be careful with that, because you're going to cut a finger off. And that, like, that phrase resonates in my brain constantly. <laughs> and one time in you high school... every time you pick up a knife. Yeah, honestly. And one time in <laughs> high school, we went camping as just like a group of us went camping and I was whittling a stick and I, you know, wasn't paying attention. It got stuck on a thing and I like put a lot of force into it and it came out and went right into my thumb. And I, it like was the deepest cut mm. I've ever had. Uh, I just got up immediately and like ran off basically leaving a trail of blood behind me <laughs> trying to pretend like nothing happened that, you know, everybody knew because I was so, and like, I didn't tell my parents about it because I didn't want to get the lecture from my dad of like, yeah. told you you're going to cut your, you know, but he was right. Yep. But yep. 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 like I was trying to hide it from everybody. And one of my friends came over and was like, all right, are we going to talk about how you just gashed your thumb open? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, I think I, I like, I don't know what to do. It's bleeding a lot. And he like, I showed it to him and he like pulled it back and I could see through to the bone and I passed out. <laughs> yep. I would have passed out too. <laughs> yep. So moral of the story, I don't know where I was going with that. Just that my dad just reminded me. Just take care to, of it. Yeah. 
just take just care admit of it. that if, you did a stupid thing like yeah whatever yeah if i could tell you the amount of times that i have made my wife upset because i won't admit that i was being an idiot mm-hmm. you know and like to her if i admit that i was being an idiot it's not her like it's not me coming with my tail between my legs like mm-hmm. i think it is she finds it probably much more attractive that I come to her and say, I was being a dumbass. Like it's, it yeah. was my fault. And, you know, I, I admit it. Own your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, excuses. Is that, is that, is that what's being a man? Own your Making shit? excuses. Yeah. I used to be an excuses guy. You know, I think every, I think every adolescent guy yeah, you know, does something stupid and then tries to blame it on something else because they're, you know, you're bulletproof as a teenager or whatever, or yeah. a young man. But yeah. I think like the best lesson I've ever learned. I don't know if this is a man. This is just a, a life thing. If you're a man or a woman <laughs> and you want to be like a good person, quit just just quit making excuses. If you fucked up, <laughs> just admit it and yeah. take care of it. You know, no one's yeah. gonna. People are going to care less about the thing that you screwed up if you make it right. But if yeah. you then also try to band-aid it and like pretend like you didn't do it, then not only did you do the thing, but then you were also like sleazy and unreliable yes. about the thing yes. to get it to make yep. it right. So just stop making excuses for everything. That's that's oh, what no, I'm going to teach my son. Yeah, I like that. We always used to say that. I mean, all three of us, we would always say, Jake, you told me that before it, I had, we had Rivers. You were like, you always would say, I'm going to tell my son that someday yeah. or like teach him that. And I, like, I never realized how big of a deal that actually was. Like, I, I'm constantly, you know, I'm still, I have no idea what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> Every day. I don't day. think any of us do, though, you know. Yeah. But there are things that I know to be certain and true. And like what you just said, owning up to what you've done, you know, it's either you're like, you know, like you just said, you're either you are a, a liar and a bad man mm-hmm. or you... Or a bad man, but you're owning up yeah. to what you did. Yeah, I would much rather. I have way more respect for someone who just looks the devil in the eye and says, "This is what I did." Right. You know, I I I want I want him to be that way. Like I'm thinking about like in the future when he does something like breaks a window, right? And he says, "Dad, it wasn't me." I, I'm not gonna be while he's holding I mean, a baseball I'm, and a baseball bat or something. You yeah. know, like the, I'll, has the I'll murder weapon mad. in hand. <laughs> I'll be upset if he broke the window if he knows better. Right. But I'll be way less upset if like he says, Dad, I'm sorry I broke the window. What do I do? You yeah. Know, like I, I want him to come to me like that and like, son, you shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. But now we can fix it, you know. But if you tell me you didn't do it, right. Who did it? <laughs> you know, uh, that's man. That's really that's a really powerful. Yeah, I think that that's that's something our, I know our dad always instilled in us was just like, tell me the truth, and then whatever you did after that, we can deal with it. Right. You know? But don't be a liar and don't be a liar and an idiot. Just be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, just that own one, your shit. That's what we, yeah, own your shit. I think that's the quote of this episode. Amen. All right, guys. Well, that was an hour of talking about, you know, just proving to everyone Dad, that, we, that we're men. Daddy we're issues. Men. We're better men than all the beer drinkers and whatever. Car, we don't do that. Car wrenchers. Just kidding. I felt like the, I, I needed this. I felt like it was cathartic me for me, at least. So, yeah. Uh, if you're still here listening to this, thank you. We appreciate you. Be sure to comment, rate, and subscribe. Hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. Um, let us know what you think of this, and uh, let us know things that you might want to hear in the future. Until then, we'll see you guys next time.
Cheers, guys. Cheers.